Yeah. Um, I, you told Matt just now that you coached golf. What, what, what are all the things you've coached since you've been born on this planet? Oh man. Well, the, the main one's football. Okay. I played football at Notre Dame. So I coached football for years and then weightlifting and, uh, track and field and, and golf. That's basically it. And track and field, which event? I was the head coach, so but basically, the uh, 400 meters down and the mile relay, and the 400 meter relay were my my specialties. And you coach and you coach golf. I coached golf. Yeah, they, that was an at the high school. No, that yeah, it was at the high school that I that uh, I went to, but it was uh, the, it was a brand new school, and I was at the rivaling school, and they called me up and asked me if I wanted to go to this new school, and I get to design the weight room. And I get to buy all the equipment, and so an honor. And they said, "Well, what's it going to take for you to get there, or to get us to have you here?" And I said, "Is there a golf job open?" And he said, "Yes." And I said, "Well, make me the golf job, <laughs> golf coach, and I'll take the job." Cool. So you weren't winging that. You actually knew how to coach golf. I knew nothing about coaching golf. <laughs> oh no, shit! Yeah. Wait, you lost me there. Why would you say is there golf there? Because you liked golfing? No, I liked golfing, but tell me the difference between the setup and the stance and the fundamentals of weightlifting and golf. What's the differences? I don't there, know. There's there are a none. lot of parallels. There are a lot of parallels. Speed through the middle? So so I have. Uh, I've taken a golf lesson, and you know, I cross it regularly. And in my golf swing, I have what's called an early cast. So I let my wrist go mm -hmm. and in weightlifting i tend to have an early pull or a uh yeah, an Band early pull. pull yeah which is bullshit it's just like an early cast is <laughs> yeah yeah and i i try to relate to like the the like i take a lesson i'm like oh i know i have the same issue with other things in my yeah. life there's a lot of things you can do that and, and i was a good golf coach because i was a good weightlifting coach and i and i'm a fundamental nazi you know i mean i'd really deal with the fundamentals and i don't move on to the next thing until you get this one right yeah, so. so you're you have a love for all human movement. I think stance, grip, and position, which are what the fundamentals of teaching are, goes with many many sports. Say those three again. Stance, grip, and position. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna write that down. So stance is very important. Grip is obviously important, and then positions. There's a million positions, and you got to coach them all. Where were you born? In Southern Illinois, Marion, Illinois. And you, uh, what year was that? 1946. And so during the war? Well, at the end of it, I'm a boomer. And your dad was born? 1915. In, in the United States? Yes, uh, Southern Illinois, but my grandfather is from Switzerland. Okay. And so your parents meet? Yeah. They get my, married? My dad was a coal miner. Uh, he Played, he was an All-American football player at James Milliken University in Decatur, Illinois, and met my mom. And what year was football invented? Oh shit, Amos Stagg, the Green, the, the Chicago Bears, or Hallis. I mean, my God, the 1800s. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. I thought you were going to say like your dad was on the first football team ever. <laughs> <laughs> he might, he might have said that. No. Okay, so 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 your dad played football. Right. Did he meet your mom in college? I think so, yeah. I don't really know, honestly. But, I mean, they never talked about that kind of stuff. I don't even know when their anniversary is. <laughs> I don't know when my parents is either. Yeah, yeah. no, right. So, but my parents are divorced. Did your parents divorce? Nope. They didn't do that back then? No. No, you stayed with it thicker thin. And you're not divorced? Uh-uh. Oh. I stay with it thicker thin. One wife. Oh, one wife, yeah. 
So your parents meet, they have you, you're born a baby in the, in the state of Illinois. Right. You go to elementary school, junior high. When does Mike Bergener's athleticism show itself? Uh, it actually showed itself in the third grade because I was a fairly large, you know, elementary guy. And uh, so the basketball coach asked me to go out for basketball in the third grade and uh, because I was tall. And uh, I did, and I was okay. My first uh, memory of that is that I scored two points for the other team. The first time I, <laughs> two po- first time I got the ball, he set me in, and I got it, took it down the other side, scored two points, and everybody's laughing and cheering. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, a, I'm really bad until they told me what I did. Did you cry? <laughs> shit, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say shit, yeah. No. no. Uh, hell no, I don't, that kind of shit doesn't bother me. Uh, okay, so so third grade. I love it how you say you go, went out for the team in the third grade. I never went out for anything. Um, and then and then and then you stay in sports. Your parents keep you in sports. And your keep, parents were supportive, right? Very supportive. Uh, I was a very active kid, and if I hadn't had sports, I probably would have uh, been in trouble a lot. And so you know, I, were you in trouble anyway? If I got caught, okay. <laughs> yeah, so you, have you ever been to jail? No. Never. Not not even for a night. Not even for a night. Wow. Yeah, I was smart. I never got caught. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. When did it? When did you realize that you enjoyed watching movement and critiquing movement and assessing movement and correcting movement as much as you enjoyed moving? When does that happen? It, I would say in, when I was in third grade, I didn't I didn't know shit, right? And then as you get better in in the seventh grade, I had a coach by the name of Don Grisham that really took an interest in me and, and saw that I had great potential. I was extremely fast and I was extremely explosive as a youngster. I loved baseball. I loved basketball, football. My dad wouldn't let me play football until I was in high school. So, you know, and what was the reason for that? He just didn't feel that Pop Warner football was something that a youngster should do, nor did I mm. when I was raising my kids. Because you have this little bitty body and a little bitty neck with a big-ass helmet on your head trying to you know, be mm-hmm. all rough and tough and, and being a man. And So I wouldn't let my kids play football either, and they chose not to play. But back in the day, not very many kids played football anyway at the young ages. So when I went in to freshman year in high school – I had size, I had speed, and, uh, you know, I, I had an equal playing ground because no one else played football for the most part either. Did you start with a norm, as a normal football player on the freshman team or on the a, JV team? Or? No, I started, we had, Marion wanted to come up, so they hired this coach, and, and he stayed with us through freshman, sophomore, and varsity. We had freshman, we didn't have JV, we had freshman team, we had a sophomore mm-hmm. team, then you had the varsity team, and so... Uh, I knew I was pretty good the first time, my very first football game. Uh, it was against Carbondale, Illinois, and they kicked a, kicked off. They got it to me, and I ran it back for a touchdown. But um, I run it to a touchdown, and I turn around, and there's everybody gathering with this kid in the middle of the field, and this kid was injured, and I ran over him, and I don't even remember it. <laughs> but it was like, 
Oh, Jesus. So everybody thought because of my speed, mm -hmm. I generated a lot of force and a lot of power, and I didn't even feel this guy. He just came in and tried to hit me, and he bounced off of me. But you managed to score it in the right end zone. I, yes. That's, that's good. Better than the basketball, <laughs> sir. Stop. Good, 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 good. So you knew that was the sport for you. Yeah. So I knew that was the sport. Um, you were, so in high school, you were kick returner and? And I played, I was an offensive uh, running back, uh, and I was a defensive linebacker. Both sides. Wow. Back then you played, we had, we had 20 guys up for the yeah, team. Yeah, so you, were kind of, you had and to play so everybody the played, the, our whole starting 11 played both offense and defense. Did you show leadership on your high school team? Uh, a little bit, but not much. I mean, I was, you know, I mean, I was, there's times that I was full of myself and then there's other times that I just, you know, just, I'm a very, by nature, honestly, I like to, I don't like to say a whole lot to show my ignorance. And uh, uh, so for me, you know, I, I got good grades in school. My dad made me have a B minus average because he knew I couldn't go any higher than that. <laughs> <laughs> I was basically a dumbass. And, and uh, uh, you know, and I just, I believed what he told me. He was, a, I mean, he was the greatest man that I have ever met. Wow. Yeah. yeah. There's been a few, I mean, Eric Parsegian was a great man, and I loved him. Father Lang, my strength coach at Notre Dame, was a great man. Uh, but my dad was honestly the greatest man I've ever met. Oh, you played under Coach Parsegian? Right. Wow. wow. Sounds Armenian. Yeah, wow. He is. He was. Uh, congratulations on having such a great dad. Yeah. That's cool. You. Were you a great dad? Are you a great dad? I am. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. You And did you have to work on that? Did it come naturally? Or did you did you take from what you, you saw your dad's behavior and the way he raised you? And you were like, I'm going to do the same to my kids. If I did what my dad did to me, I'd be thrown in jail. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, because, I, again, I was a handful. And so my dad, and at the time, my dad was a very hard, he was a coal miner. And he was a dairy farmer. And so he was extremely hard. And uh, But I needed that. I needed that structure. And um, So he was physical with you is what you're saying? He was very physical with me. And, you know, and, and I honestly can remember him, the old... Attaché, right? You know, well, this hurts me worse than you. I believe that. And, uh, you know, but it hurt like hell. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, I don't think so, Dad. Oh, yeah. Did your parents ever get, did you ever remember your parents getting in a fight because he, she didn't like the way, how rough he was being to her son? Like, like what was your dad's name? His name was Carl. Like, like, like Dad, yeah. sir. Carl, yeah. <laughs> you, do you ever remember mom saying, hey, Carl, lay, lay off of Mikey? Never lay off in of front Mike? of me. Okay. Never, and he'd never put a hand on me that I didn't deserve. Right. I mean, that's why I love him so much. I mean, honestly, and I can remember one time him telling me that, uh, I told him, I said, Dad, you're wrong. You're spanking me for something I didn't do. And he says, well, that's all right. Just think of all the times you got away with stuff you did do. <laughs> oh, so he was smart too. Oh, he was very smart. Clever. You go, you, you're in high school. You're doing extremely well um, at football you aren't playing any of the other sports? Oh, I am. I was four, four sports. Uh, what were the other ones? Football, baseball, basketball, and track. Wow. Okay. And your varsity and all of them. Right. Okay. So you're staying busy. You're right. still having time to get in trouble, but but not enough trouble that you're getting caught. Because on Saturdays, <laughs> I had to work. Okay, and what did you do? I was... A <laughs> he got me a job changing tires in a tire shop. Jake's Tire and Rubber in Marion, Illinois. And wow. so And so that made you strong. Very. And you got to hang out with a bunch of guys in the gas station. They were rednecks, and they were really, <laughs> they had a big influence on me. 
And, and, and were you a gentleman to the clientele? Like when they would come in, were you the kind of guy who went the extra mile and was really nice? Or were you just kind of like, fuck, I got to do another tire? Oh, no. They, 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 they hid me away changing tires and changing tractor tires. And, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I did. And the guy that was in charge of me was a little bitty shit about five foot six at the time and weighed about 190 pounds that had forearms like this. And he taught me how to work with a sledgehammer, knocking out big tractor tires mm. was he like armenian that. no no he was a redneck <laughs> <laughs> he was an armenian redneck you what wh when do you know that you're going to go to college um my sophomore year i actually got a letter from the the air force academy and i didn't play varsity ball but you know back then it's like anything else the word of mouth gets out and so people start i got a, i got a letter from dartmouth <laughs> no. there's no way in hell i could have gotten into dartmouth but the point is is that you were doing well in high school. I was doing well. You were making well. a name for yourself. Junior year, I got a lot of uh, recognition. I was all state. And uh, then my senior year, it really it really hit home. You know, first time I ever was on an airplane was, you know, when I was being recruited by schools and and uh, got to travel a little bit. And yeah, who else were you recruited by? All the Big Ten schools. Okay. You know, uh, Washington, out out here, believe it or not, wow. and they recruited me. How many minutes into the show are we? Uh, 12 minutes. Why is my green light on my computer? Does that mean my camera's on? Your Skype, maybe. I don't Skype. Is I, this the NSA watching me? <laughs> um, we're 12 minutes into the show. I, uh, we, uh, I haven't done an introduction yet. So, uh, Mike Bergener. Right, Mike Bergener. Mike Bergener, but Mike Bergener, right. <laughs> Mike Bergener. <laughs> right. Is that how you say it? Yes. It's not how you say it? I don't believe you. It's <laughs> supposed to be said. Mike Bergener. That's the way it's supposed to be pronounced, but I very rarely say that. And he is CrossFit Inc.'s very own subject matter expert for weightlifting. The greatest fitness movement that's ever been on this planet, the greatest health movement that's been on this planet, has the very greatest weightlifting coach that's ever lived, in my mind. Thank you. Um Mike Bergener, and I've known him for <laughs> ten years, and uh, we're, we're we're starting from his birth in Illinois, and we're up to his uh, leaving high school. We got Eric Maciel as the engineer on the show, and we got uh, Matt Bischel, who is a dear friend, uh, confidant. Um, he's the least uptight he's been in the three today in the three years I've known him. It's kind of cool. Oh man, I'm riding, <laughs> I'm riding high right now. <laughs> and he's the head of CrossFit um, Inc.'s uh, social media. Anything where most of you listeners live. You spend too much time on social media and it's Matt's fault. Send all of your complaints to the complaint box. So we do the show on audio and video. Oh, okay. So that's why we have the people who watch it on YouTube will see um, you and Matt and that TV going. Okay. And is that at CrossFit San Diego back in the day? You know what? I remember this video. I think so. I may have filmed it. I recognize that shaky camera movement. Oh, no, no. That was before Reebok was around. So that can't be crossing. Yeah, look at everyone's either. shoes. Yeah. And I saw some Reebok signage and the Delta wasn't around. Mm -hmm. I think this was like a, a camp for something. What's the, what's the title of the video? And then we also do the show, stream the show on iTunes. Oh, okay. That's cool. And Android devices as well. Android. Oh, what's that? There's, That's what they use in the third world? Yeah. It's just, I, I heard somebody say it once, and so I figured it was worth throwing out there. Are you an iPhone guy or an Android I'm guy? I'm an iPhone. Yeah. Pure and 100% loyal to it. Your social yeah. media presence is kind of amazing. Aren't you supposed to be like too old to be like, like be 
make the steep learning curve to learning social media. I mean, isn't that like too advanced for you? I and mean, look at that. Oh yeah, this was really fun. Oh, this was cool. Did you, did you like that? Yeah, I like that. Did you did you read the one of the comments? One of the guys said, um, "This guy right what, here." What is that guy doing? Is there a woman underneath him? <laughs> Stop it! He's eighty three years old. Oh, oh my bad. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll show some respect. This guy will kick your ass in a heartbeat, man. He's a marine sniper, former marine sniper. Wow. Look at him. He's, he's doing a hundred. So, so if he's eighty-three, that would he would be. Uh, that that's not, it's not quite a geezer, is it? Is that no? A he's a day-to-day geezer. Whoa. A day-to-day geezer. Okay. Yeah, so how old? the seventy-five plus is day-to-day geezer. But I named him so right. Seventy to seventy-four is stud geezer. Stud geezer. I'm oh, stud geezer. that's the sweet spot. I'm the stud geezer. How old do you have to be to be a geezer? You, well, you're 50 to 59, you're a geezer in training. Okay. And then 60 to 64, you're a geezer. How old do I have to be before you let me get away with not using full range of motion? Would you let me do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> How old do I have to be before I can do that? 83. Okay. I mean, because that is a feat of strength, what he's doing. It's just not, it's not, you know. Doesn't matter. Okay. You know, the beauty of this, and this is what I try to, Tell me, like, I'm just glad he's motivated and he's a mentor to all his geezers. The fact that this guy, who's 83 years old, is training to do something to make himself better, comes up to my house three days a week, and then he's busted his ass. <laughs> Look at this. But he already has a nice physique. Did he come exactly. like that? Yes. And he's from North Dakota. Look at his arms. I mean, honest to God. And, and how many 83-year-olds do you know that you can get up like this? That, I think, is the most amazing part. That's the point. Getting up off the ground. And look at all the other geezers just sitting around <laughs> their asses. Well, that's because we've already trained, and this is at 9.30 in the morning, and that's when we stop training to support him. Naturally, so, so what's naturally. he say? It's his birthday or something? Or you tell no, him, hey, it, don't no, be... No, no, he's, he's, uh, he's the guy that runs my gym. <laughs> and I don't necessarily like it, but he does. He's When I got out of the Marine Corps, this is the guy... He's a former Marine. He's the guy that I was pretty rough after I got out of the Marine Corps and I went to school teaching. And he. Like you were damaged or you just picked up bad habits on how to behave? Yes. Okay. Both. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much both. Okay. <coughs> did you did you fight Mike in the, when you were in the Marines? No. I like, did you go? Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, um, Mike Vanyo became my mentor. And, and he's been my mentor since. 1975. So he was a Marine, but you didn't know him in the Marines. And when you came out, he tried to unfuck all the shit you learned in the Marines and like get you, domesticate you again. Behaviorally acceptable. Okay. In the classroom. And what, why is he doing a hundred pushups in your gym on this day? Okay. So on every birthday, you have a birthday challenge and his birthday challenge was to do 83 pushups without stopping. That's the age of he, that he is. And that's what he was supposed to do. So um, he did 100. Wow. Because he could. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, the pump that, I mean, the guy's a freaking stud. He's yeah. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. unbelievable. How long has he been coming to your class? Oh, my God. 1985. Oh, and when did he take over? Well, he's. I say that. he's Respectfully, I give him the mentorship of the guys. Like on my 70s. Because he's 10 years your senior? Yeah, he's 83. I'm 71. So, you know, 12 on, my, years. on my birthday, he made me do as many pull ups as I could do in an hour. 
And I call them geezer strict pull-ups. There's a little bit of kipping in there, mm. but we call that geezer strict, right? Did you do 70? I did 355. Holy smokes. That was this year. That's 70 when I was, you know, 71. Now. Holy cow. Were you sore? I was absolutely sore. <laughs> God. Were My you, hands were worse. Were you injured? No. No, I just, I, but I trained hard for it. I trained for. Oh, you knew it was coming. Well, yeah, he told me. Now he said, this is what you're going to do. And he said, you know, do the best you can. And they started betting. How many is he going to do? And I got 200, 260. When 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 I'm 10 years old and there's a 22 year old adult in the room, I'm like, man, that, that's that's my senior. And when I'm 20 and I see a 32 uh, year old man in the room, I'm like, he's my senior. When you're 71 and there's a guy who's 83, is there still like, oh, yep, he's the guy? He's my mentor to this day. The best compliment I can give him is he's my mentor, and if he tells me to do something, I will. But that's because of your relationship going right. back. I'm just talking about just in terms of years. Does there become a, like you reach a certain age, like like you, you turn 65 and you're like, all right, we're all just seniors now? I don't think so. I, I look at age as not so much as a chronological effect, but I want to know how you act. And the one thing that's important here regarding, you know, Mike Vanio is, is the, the fact that he's up and moving. And I, I learned that at Notre Dame under Father Lang, who was my strength coach. And, you know, Father Lang passed away when he was 82 years old. But walking up in his room uh, at the hospital, he was dying in the infirmary at Notre Dame. And we're walking up the stairs and we hear this squeak, 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 squeak. And it's him squeezing on a hand gripper mm -hmm. on his deathbed. He died the next day, mm -hmm. but he's doing that. And so Father Lang was a, a very good role model for me about never giving up, never quitting, never, never, never quit Absolutely. type situation. And so I've tried to model my life after that. And Vaniel's the same way. I mean, here's a guy that, you know. He's he, definitely a role model. Oh, he is such a role model for mm -hmm. so many people. And, and that's, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to do the same thing. I don't know anyone who's 83. Well, I'm not sure. Yeah. Isn't that a trip? My, my grandmother. Yeah. yeah. Really? And let, uh, and I think the oldest person I know is probably my dad. He's 75, 76. He, he works in orchard. He's, he's in right. great shape. I don't yeah. know if he could do a hundred pushups, but you know, he climbs a ladder every day and that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, we're, we're looking at a picture of you, um, doing the hundred pull-ups and it looks like you borrowed Jesus's slippers. Is that, uh, <laughs> I almost warm up here just for you. Simon. Is that, like is that, is there some biblical reference there? Were you thinking those would make you lighter? I mean, what's the point of those shoes? No, I got them in, I got them in Mexico down at Cancun and I like them. They're molded to my feet and so they're comfortable. This is actually in Montana, actually. And it's a, it's a, it's a pull-up bar, portable pull-up bar that I have in my hitch that when I travel, I, I put that on the back and anytime I go anyplace, I can get out of the car and, and hang. That's hardcore. And then I do pull-ups. Wow. So this on, on this one here, this is kind of funny. You are a troublemaker. That's some troublemaker shit. That's like a, um, <laughs> a, uh, a, a redeemed troublemaker type of thing. Like, yeah, that's that. you have too much energy if you're doing that. No, I just... Yeah, I just like it. Pull-ups are one of the few things I can do still, so. Yeah. You know. And, and who, so, who makes that yeah, hitch? Yeah. Uh, actually, I designed it, but my brother-in-law made it for me. And now we got him with a round pole so that, and it'll go all the way to the ground so I can do push-ups and, you know, I can turn it around. Instead of instead of traveling with this flag on it, now with the round post here, I can turn it around and. 
I thought that flag hanging from there was some sort of sling on your elbow. It that's, does. It does that, kind of look. That's like a that, safety. Yeah. That's a safety thing. So that when yeah. cars get too close. Yeah, it's like when you have lumber out the back. Yeah, and you you know, tag the flag to it. I don't do any man shit like that. I don't know. You don't put that on your motorcycle. No, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I should have put it on mine. <laughs> so, so you're getting let. You're in high school. You're sophomore. The letters start coming in. Um, you're still not showing any signs of wanting to be a coach. No. Um, you get to be a senior, and it's decision decision time on where you're going to take your. You know, you're going to play football right. in college. I do. And your parents were behind you, right? They were. And so, how, how? What were the choices, and how did you make it? Wow. Well, I one of my yeah, <laughs> that's actually my freshman year at Notre Dame. That's you. Yeah. Wow. There's my sophomore year. Oh, oh my that God, does not like get your any son. more classic than that. That's what your son looks like. Holy oh. cow! Wow. They had color TV. All kidding aside, when when you were playing football. I don't think so. Yeah, what was that? Neither do I. No. Neither do I. That was weird. What was that? No, I don't, I don't just, know. Maybe they did, but I didn't have color TV. We're supposed to suspend disbelief and just get... That was just a... Yeah. Okay, so... That's Father Lang right here. Oh, that is incredible. This is amazing. This guy was... I mean, honestly, of all the men... You know, besides my dad, that I've ever that have ever been an influence on me as him. So, so you call him Father Lang because he was a father. He's a priest, and yeah. he would wear the white collar and the whole. No, oh, he'd wear a a <laughs> denim shirt cut off at the sleeves. That's why he'd wear denim pants. <laughs> and uh, this is his weight room back in the fifties. This is actually, I think, fifty five or fifty six. Did you rock shorts like that? Yep, back nice. then I did. Nice. How did you hide your uh, your your what are they called, Matt? Package. Yes. <laughs> but see, I can say that because no one will care. Well, where do you put your stuff? Are you wearing a cup with that? No, you just wore jock straps. Oh, okay, okay. Have you ever worn a jock strap? I have not. Yeah, well, back then you I had not. to. It, when I think of jock strap, I think of thong. I think of a thong. I think of guys wearing thongs. What is with this guy? Man? I mean, I've just seen them in the store. I'm like, oh, thongs for dudes. Oh my god! I, I mean, I'm wondering how we're classifying these as shorts. Those things are—they're right. That's like some like Brooke Wells. That's like Brooke Wells would wear those. That is what she wears. you guys were ahead of the time. Yeah, way ahead of the time. <laughs> well, then they went. You know, I mean, that's not maybe a little bit farther down. That's what the we played basketball in. Let me look yeah. at the guy on the right there. Look at his shorts. Yeah. Now I don't want to brag, but I'd have shit dangling below that seam line if I was, <laughs> yeah. no, if I was wearing those shorts. <laughs> I mean, those are short shorts. Yeah, but well, it's it it was the time, you know. It is what it is. It's beautiful. It is actually beautiful. It's easy <laughs> it's to an, poke fun of, but I would photo. totally I if it. those were my bros, I'd jump in and put that shit on in a second. <laughs> um, uh, that uh, so so high school, and you have to choose what you're going to do. Tell me about that choice and how it happened. There was really only one choice for me. And that was Notre Dame. And the reason is, is that my grandmother loved Newt Rockney back in the day, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, she would have disowned me if I would have gone anyplace else. Uh, we were raised Catholic. My mother was a very, very, very strict Catholic. And uh, I had to go to Mass every day. Mm -hmm. I served Mass. And, every uh, day. Every day. I was a server, altar boy at the VA hospital where vets coming back from World War II. You know, and uh, they were, you know, disabled over at the VA hospital where I lived. And so every morning at 6.15, I'd go say mass with a priest by the name of Father Mongan. And then so for me to not go to Notre Dame would have been a 
heresy. Wow. So, so you're, you're, you're working with veterans who are coming back from the war. Yeah, I'm not working with them. I'm just serving mass. Okay, and 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 there and and but you befriend them. Yeah, I'm five you, or six years old, seven years old. So. And and um, you're seeing guys coming back with arms missing and hands missing. That's some pretty influential stuff at that age. Because right. I remember that. Age, I mean, now as an adult, I try not to stare. Right. But as a kid, I was like, I remember just staring at all that stuff. It must have been. Uh, it must have been something else. What's interesting? I was very comfortable around it, mm-hmm. and I talked to him about it. You know, like, what happened to your leg? What happened to your arm? Right. And mm. believe it or not, they want to talk about it. And if they don't they talk about it. They your openness and candidness, oh, yeah. right? Yes. Now, if you don't talk about it with them, then it's like PTSD all over, man. They relive right. that shit. Yeah. They, need to, yeah. they need to get that out and to, I mean, I cared. And that generation cared, you know, and it's. Uh, Even at five, you cared. I was respectful. I mean, maybe I didn't care about a lot of stuff. But I did care about those guys and the sacrifice. And at five years old, I knew. You know, you know that. Five, six, seven, eight years old. I mean, I said mass all through high school. Are you still religious? I go to mass just about every day when I can. Yeah, I walked away from it. I got, I got a, a when I went to Notre Dame, uh, I went to mass every day. And then there was a time where I was brought up when you eat meat on Friday, it was a it was a mortal sin. If you didn't go to mass on Sunday, it was a mortal sin. And all of a sudden, one day it stopped being a mortal sin. And that really disillusioned me with the Catholic faith. And I kind of walked away with it. And I started going to other... I've always been spiritual. And, you know, I went to other places. And then I came to grips with uh, my miscomings of, you know... Catholicism is for me. It gives me comfort. I don't have to go to mass. I don't have to go to confession. I'm doing it for me, and that's the way I try to choose to to act today. How old were you when you went back? When you started going to mass again? Sixty-eight. It. it I bring this up because my my dad went to my dad was born my you know I'm Armenian and Armenians uh, had to escape the genocide in 1915 and my dad and, and and his village was taken to Lebanon where there's still Armenians today right. and. Um, from there, his only option to go to high school was to go to seminary school, and he ended up then um, coming to the United States, got a scholarship to Northwestern, and went to school there. And so, so the the priesthood was his escape, right? right. And and he is very knowledgeable, and he's he was a very spiritual man as a young right. man because of that. And then growing up, I want to say he we went to church like three to four times a year, and then he basically just stopped going to church. Mm-hmm. And at about sixty eight. He started going to church again. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And I asked him, and now he's 75, I want to say, 76. And I asked him recently, why do you go back to church? And um, you know, why did you start going back again? And he says, oh, and he's really involved now. Oh, I, li- I like singing. I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm going to ask him again in six months. You know what I mean? I think it's, I think it's, I think it's something deeper than he no, just likes singing. much deeper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, so when I hear that you had that same... Right. Um, journey right i think yeah you're 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 now on the closer side of right. your mor- mortality right right, right. That, that, yeah. that's really basically what it is and and the, the spiritualness has always been there uh, and what does that mean you feel i feel I, I feel connected to a higher power i feel connected to a higher being call it god you call it whatever the trinity call it whatever you want but for me, is that the same as love? Like you feel love? That's that? a that's a great question. 
Siobhan, because I've, I've thought about that a lot. Uh, is it about love? And I think it is. But, you know, my wife is um, very spiritual, but she doesn't believe into a, in, in a deity, so to speak. Mm. But for her, it could be a hummingbird. It could be the sun. It can be whatever. It can be that the givingness, whatever. I'm a little bit farther into it than that. You know, I believe that I have to have a belief and I believe that something out there died for me. That's Catholicism. But I don't believe I have to go to confession. I don't believe I... I do go to confession, but I go to confession myself. Right. Uh, I you don't, reflect. You I, reflect. I, I reflect my weaknesses and I ask for forgiveness and I reflect on what is important for me and how I can become a better person, you know, maybe to be thankful and more giving to the gifts that I've been given so that I can play it forward type thing. So that's all part of the spiritualness. I think that's important. I'm seeing it as you're, you're 20 years old and you're thinking, how can I be a better person? Which means one thing, how can I be a better football player and execute on the field better? And at 71, how can I be a better person is how can I be more selfless and give more of myself, right? It's kind of like, um, yeah, it's interesting. Well, you have a... In, in, and you've had kids now. I've had kids. Which is a I've profound got, spiritual experience in itself, right? And I have four grandkids. Wow. And how many kids do you have? I have four. Okay. Four kids, four grandkids. But the reflection is, is that when you're 20, you're young, dumb, and stupid. You know, here I am at 71. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that, you know, Father Lang, Era Parsegian... Vince Lombardi, all those people that have a chesty puller of the Marine Corps. That's a great name. Yeah. Chesty puller. I wouldn't give it to a man, but <laughs> yeah. I give that to a woman, chesty puller. <laughs> of course but, you would. And I could see the film now, but yeah. no, anyway, but I digress. The, the, point, the point being is, is that those guys had a profound effect on my life, and they, get, they, they gave me a gift. Now, my gift is... It's for me. It's fitness. It's Olympic style weightlifting. It's CrossFit. It's and I want to take that strength that I have and that that legacy that I have in teaching and being drill master and fundamentals. And I want to play it forward so people can get better. Yeah. Are fitness and health synonymous to you? They are. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I would presume that by looking at your your cadre, looking yeah. at your posse. Yeah. I mean, these guys um, are fit and healthy. And they have a very small peer group who are fit and healthy. Right. And they come to my house uh, three days a week. So, and they train. We had an unfortunate incident occur this year at the CrossFit Games with the third place guy um, popping for steroids. Actually, I don't even know if it is steroids. Drugs. Right. Um, I don't want to say it's steroids because I don't Banned substance. I'm really ignorant on the subject. Right. But I think it was more than he drank too many Red Bulls. I think yeah. that would make you pop too. I think it was something more significant than that. Right. Uh, from what I know of him, the little bit I know of him and his brother, he's a great guy. He was right. easy to interview. He was a gentleman to me. Right. He was warm to me, and so was his brother. Great, right. great people. Unfortunately, he used stuff that would be make him label him a cheater. Right. You have been around the CrossFit Games since two thousand, since the very beginning. Seven. Were you at those games? Oh yeah. Okay. Have you ever seen? any CrossFit athlete who's a games competitor do drugs? No. Never? Never. If you, if you, um, uh, if you, would you, if you did have an athlete who was a games competitor who did drugs, would you still coach them? Do you no. have like, you wouldn't? No. That's what Romanoff said too. I don't understand that. that Why? Said. 
why is that? Well, because it's you know. It, does it be because because you think yeah? Why? Okay. Well, because it's not a f fair playing field. And I can I digress just for a second? Yeah, please, 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 right, please, so please. Take I, it anywhere you want. It's right. it's a it's a it's a really complicated subject for it me. It is very very complicated. Because I feel sorry for these athletes. I do I, re too. I really do. I really feel sorry for them too. But you know, here here's the deal. So I have a son that's an Olymp that's a 2008 Olympian, right? He's, okay. And he's he's what's his name? Casey Bergener, right? And there's a whole you say story. your name right? Yeah, I did that time because of you. <laughs> uh, and so there's there's a whole segment of him competing throughout. His junior world experience, junior world championship experience, senior world championship experience. Now, here's a guy in, that has to play it clean. Has to. And he's going against others that don't have to. The, the communist country... Why does he have to? Because in the United States, the testing protocol was amazingly strict. Okay. I mean, I have, I have WADA coming up to my uh, you know, driveway on Saturday mornings when we train, knowing that we were training at six o'clock in the morning to piss test him. Wow. And you know, and to test him. He had to go through so many tests. It was unbelievable. And anybody that uses steroids gets a ten percent boost out of the out of the action. Okay. So here's a kid that, you know, snatched he totaled four four oh four Wow. To make that Olympic team, well, a total four or four. I'm sorry, That's, what does that mean? But snatch and clean and jerk. So okay. he did one eighty two and two twenty four in kilograms in kilos. And you put wow. that together and add ten percent. That's forty kilos more. Mm -hmm. That means he's on the podium. Ah, okay. so wow. your question is honorable, and I appreciate it, but it's cheating. And and if the rules are there, then I want everybody to follow the rules. Now, if you told me that, you know what, we're going we're gonna to allow banned substances now, would you be against them? Well, I don't know how I feel about that, but would I coach somebody if everybody's doing it? Yes. So you don't want to be involved in the cheating part? I don't want to be a cheater. I'm not a cheater. I don't want to do that. I want to be given the same opportunity that, you know, that he had. I want everybody to have that same thing and see where it lies. Can you look at an athlete? Could you look at? Um, did you see Gerard at the games? I did not. Okay. Can you look at an athlete and and tell? Not today. They're also freaking muscular. Yeah, there's very little, very little confidence in the eye you, test. You really back then, you definitely could. You could see it, especially with the women. I mean, women had facial hair. Their voices deepened, depending on what they were taking. Why haven't you seen any CrossFit athletes do drugs? Because I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's necessary for him to do it. I don't believe. I think, honestly, I mean, why does a person take drugs in in weightlifting? Because I, I can I can speak to that. They take drugs not to get stronger. They take drugs so that they can recover faster and lift heavier weights mm. more often. Okay, that's why they take drugs. Okay. Now in the CrossFit world, I'm I'm not familiar why they would would do that except maybe they can recover faster and they can and, right. and do better. But right. for me, the consequences are freaking unbelievable. Why would somebody do that? And I mean, this guy may be the greatest guy in the world and I don't know him and I, right, I don't, right. but I, you know, he's being judged right now by one action, by one action. And the consequences of that judgment on him, if it was only him, but look who it is on.
It's on his family. It's on his brother. I mean, I don't even know the guy. Well, and it's on the CrossFit mo health movement, which which is a health movement. But that's what you did. Right. What The beauty of it is... He shit in the kitchen. He shit in the kitchen, and you guys caught him, and you're doing your due diligence. Right. You hold him accountable. Is he done forever? Four, no. Four years. Four years. Well, then, you know, that, and hopefully if he's... If he's got his head and ass wired together in four years, he'll come back and make a statement. Right. That's what I do. I, I would tell anybody that. What what is, when when you were playing football was was it the norm to do drugs? Oh hell yes, I did them. Everyone did them. Everyone did them. There was no rule. Everybody, I mean, everybody could take steroids, and the steroid of choice was Dianabol. And is that a pill? That's a pill. It's an oral pill. And did you feel ten percent stronger? Well, did you yeah. see you see that picture with the shorts? <laughs> <laughs> Shut him up. Yes. <laughs> so, did you see Icarus? No. The documentary, have you heard about it? No. Okay, th there's a documentary out. It's on Netflix. It's called Icarus. I think you would find it just amazing. And one of the things in there, if, if I recall correctly, is they're talking about Lance Armstrong and the drugs he did. Yeah. And when they went to go give, when they stripped him of his title... They couldn't give it to second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, oh, yeah. tenth, eleventh, mm -hmm. or twelfth because those those They're guys all, doing all the same thing. tested positive. He just got caught. Yeah, and that and that's where my heart kind of like um, I I I struggle because there becomes a point where if everyone's doing it and we're saying they can't do it, then we're actually um, helping propagate liars as opposed to right. stopping people from doing drugs. And right. I don't want to put humanity in that right. my fellow man in that situation where well, they have to lie well but let's say everyone in the field is given the same you know prescription of whatever the performance enhancing drug is do you think the field shakes out the same way that's interesting because i, I, I no think idea. it won't be I, I don't think it will because there's going to be those that like in weightlifting you're mm -hmm. going to have those countries that you know that absolutely are going to cheat Mm. And they, no, he's saying if you did make it legal, I, I know okay, that. okay. So you're going to have those countries. So then you're going to have these countries that don't. Oh, so you're saying if everyone's so allowed, now everybody's uh, on it, the field is going to change uh, because these countries are going to continue doing what they're doing, but these countries are going to be. The field is going to change. Their people are still going to find a way to do more than what they're allowed to do. I don't know if they will or not. If everybody's given the same thing and there's all bets are off, mm -hmm. then I believe these underperformers that are down here are going to be performing up here and it's going to make the field bigger and better. And that's been my, my thing all along. You know, you have the English-speaking world that are tested rigidly and the governments are behind the testing. And then you have the other places that require visas to come into their offices or their countries. And so the WADA comes in and they're notified the association uh, yes. is notified yes. that they better go over to the Black Sea yeah. for a training camp <laughs> right. for a week or so. <laughs> right. So it's not a level playing field. And so, but you have to see that movie, Icarus. Yeah. You have to see it. What's interesting now, though, is I think a lot of stuff will change, is that they can go back eight years and take samples <laughs> and they can strip people of medals now. Eight was, years back. Was your son traumatized by all that shit? Just yes. the drug testing and, and so just the I. cheating and just like the politics oh. and just like, fuck, I hate this. No, no. You just learned to cope with no. it and it is what we, it is. We, we said that we were going to be the best that we could be, period. We didn't give a shit what anybody else was doing. We were going to be the best that we could be. Period. I think that's the attitude you have to have. Yeah.
You can't worry about anything else. So you, you go to Notre Dame. Right. And how many years do you play football there? Four years. Okay. And um, you take, you're on Dana Ball, Dina Ball? Diana Ball, yeah. All four years? Uh, my sophomore years when I started. Any side effects now that you're older? No. No? And when you finish playing football, you just get off? Yeah. Did your testicles shrink and you had to take estrogen and this and that and this? <laughs> you know, like the, the cocktails I hear about people I, having to take? No, no. Okay. You're in working operation? I'm in. Well, I don't know about that. What, what, were were the drugs funded? Were they given to you by this, the school or no, did you fund they, yourself? No, not at all. Notre hmm. Dame. Oh, shit. No, none of that was happening. We would, we'd go to, uh, I'd go over to the infirmary at a doctor and say, coach I, or doc, I want to get a, he was a team doctor, but the coaches didn't know. They, they didn't know. I mean, they may have because I was going over to the team doctor and I said, I, I've heard about this new drug called Diana Ball. It's supposed to give me, you know, a lot of strength and help me gain weight because part season wants me to gain weight. And he said, Oh man. Yeah. I, I'm feeling you now. It yeah, just was. Yeah. Yeah, and I said I didn't know what it was. The same way I might drink, um, be an idiot and drink some Gatorade, thinking right. it'll make me a better athlete. Right. right. Okay. So, the dumbness, and I was young, dumb and stupid. Yeah, I would right? call it dumb. Just, well, no, just, well, I didn't. I wasn't informed. Just and Ignorant. It wasn't, it, no one knew. Yeah, no one knew back then. And Naive. Yeah. It was. It was really, and and uh, this is back in the '60s, and you know, and it, it was just now, even coming to light. No one knew about it. And then this doc looks it up in his PDF, right? And he's going, geez, or PDR, I guess it is. And it's like, Diana Ball. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to make you hear suit. And I'm going, what? What the hell is that? Yeah, what is that? Yeah, it's hairiness, hairiness. Oh. I had to look it up. <laughs> so he said, no, it's going to enlarge your clitoris. Do you have, any, do you have to worry about that? I yes, it. please. <laughs> How about hers or you know, whatever? I want to try it. Yeah. <laughs> So he gave me, he gave, the guy gave me a hundred pills, cost me $5 and I got a refill for like, I don't know, um, five times. And how much did, how much did it cost to see a movie at that point in your life? What was it? A nickel? No, not that far back. <laughs> About 75 cents for a Mike's like, God, he must, they, he must, did they have movies back then? Oh, God, that little Charlie Chapman. You don't even know who Charlie Chapman was. So, okay, so it's a dollar to see a movie or $5 for like 100 that. pills that turn you into Superman. Right. And I, I bought them, and he's, it says, the only thing I want you to do is I want you to stay on them for six weeks, and then I want you to go off of them in six weeks, and after you get off of them in six weeks, I want you to come over and see me. And so I, six weeks on, and I go from, you know, 168, 69 pounds to 182 pounds. Of muscle. Of muscle. My 40 time went from a 4.540 to a 4.440. Uh-huh. Uh, I could stuff a basketball with two hands at <laughs> five foot 11. Oh, I'm definitely taking some. You were 182 pounds playing college football? Oh, that was, I was a you would, big defensive you, back. You wouldn't even be like a, like a placeholder at that I wouldn't now. be able to. He's a water boy now. I mean, Jesus. Who was your biggest Stanford? Or pardon me, Stanford. They just played Stanford. Notre Dame yeah, did. No um, who was uh, your biggest rival? At that Dame. time, Michigan State, Purdue, and SC. Okay. Oh, SC. They've been playing SC for that long. Oh shit! Forever. Are you following the CTE thing? With the, with the 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 players oh, the, and the, the brain damage concussion thing. Yeah, I figured I've had all the concussion I need. I don't need to follow it anymore. I don't need. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not talking about your personal predicament but i'm just talking about what do you think it, it, the implications are for the sport um 
Well, I think it's very necessary that they're at least paying attention to it because I have had several concussions. And uh, I will tell you, it is a very, very traumatic experience. Uh, my first concussion is, I mean, I can remember when it happened. I felt it happen. But what mm. happened afterwards to this day just holds, just makes me nuts thinking about it. Well, tell me, tell well, me. Well, it, it was a situation I got, I was on a kickoff team and, and I wanted to be tough. So I, I had a, uh, yeah, this was actually at our 66 national championship reunion. Where are you? Where are you in the photo? Right there. Oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And are you wearing the hat to protect yourself from the sun? You're like one of those guys. I no, I just like Western hats. Right. I've been you wearing just... them since I was a kid. All right. Okay. So your first concussion. So okay. my first concussion is is I'm running down the field on a kickoff and this guy blindsides me. Beautiful block, and the guy was so nice. He took me. I mean, it knocked me crazy, and he actually took my arm and led me over to the bench. To on my side, and you know they 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 didn't have a, a concussion protocol back then, but I had the train the trainer looked at me, the doctor looked at me, and they started asking me questions. They said, "What's your name?" And I said, "Mike Bergner." Where do you live, Marion, Illinois? What dorm do you live in? What What do you do on this play? Oh shit! <laughs> no shit! And I I remember that that wow. I I. To that day, to at that time, I had absolutely no recollection of what dorm I lifted in, what my plays were, didn't know what the hell to do on a certain situation. I knew who I was. You know, I knew I grew up in Marion, Illinois, but it wasn't a... Do you have a headache? Are you vomitous? Uh, no. No, not at all. But they kept me in there in the infirmary for a day or two and then they let me out and I went out and started hitting again. That's somewhat reassuring. Yeah. Well, we, the other thing too, we were taught to hit with our heads. I was taught to hit with this. Yeah. Right here. I mean, nowadays if you touch anything with anybody with the crown of your helmet, you're, you're done. You're dead man. Oh, you are? You, oh you, yeah. I mean, college football especially, you get you get thrown out for targeting. It's called targeting. Yeah, you can't do it. You finish your four years um, why not keep going? Why not play professional? Just not, couldn't make it over there. No, my junior year, it, I blew out my knee. Okay. Mm. I actually joined the Marine Corps while I was at Notre Dame. I was a Marine uh, in the, the, called the delayed entry. It was a PLC program. Why did you do that? You're in college. You have this. Because I was a freaking nutcase. I was a warrior. <laughs> I loved I, the veterans, the VAs. Many of those people at the VAs were Marines. And patriot? I, patriot. I am a freaking red-blooded patriot. You had flag, grew up with the American flag I, all I, over the place? I grew up with the most loyal people to the USA. Like and your I'm, dad had an American flag bumper sticker on the truck. He was a coal miner. You had the American flag placemats, all the... And I have them all over my truck. Okay. To yeah. this day? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, your dad's supportive of you joining? No. Okay. <laughs> no, but I because you're in college and you're smart and you're, right. you don't need to do that. Right. But you do it anyway. I do it anyway. You, do you warn him? No. <laughs> so you make the unilateral decision. Your parents are paying for your college? No. Scholarship. Right. You're 20 years old. Right. You're a sophomore. Right. Your high, your college football career looks good. No injuries. Right. You're strong as a horse. Right. And you sign up for the Marine Corps. Right. I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do any of your friends do it? Yes. Is that why you do it? No. Tell me the the 
the uniform. Okay. The pride. You're a badass. The high you, tight. You, you want to roll badass. Haircuts. Okay. The camaraderie, the discipline, the never give up, never die attitude. I wanted to be part of that, and I was young, dumb, and stupid, and uh, so I joined. And I actually joined my freshman year. It wasn't my sophomore year; it was my freshman year. Sounds like you were a marine before you were a marine. I was a marine. You really before were made. I was. I was. I am absolutely still a marine, and that was just that was my destiny. <coughs> And um, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. So, you must have been an incredible teammate to play with. I, I was crazy. <laughs> I bet. I definitely would have played with you. Yeah. So you're in. So you know. So, okay. So your junior year hurt your knee. Right. You're it, that that probably takes you out of the running for the NFL. But did that that didn't take you out of the running for becoming a Marine? It did. Oh. They gave me an honorable discharge from the Marine Corps. Even though you hadn't even entered, I I was on a reserve status program, is what it was, mm. and you know, and when I had my knee operated on, they gave me an honorable discharge from the Marine Corps, and I had a four F qualification, which is, means that I was never going to be drafted at at any point, and uh, uh, they told me I'd never play football again. Well, I had weightlifting, and there weren't very many people that had weightlifting, so I rehabbed myself back, and I got to play football again. And what did your I senior do? year? This was this would this was my senior year. So, what do I do? I go back and join the Marine Corps. <laughs> they don't have a list that says no, Mike Mike Bergener. You said you can pass the physical. We'll see. I passed the physical, so they let me back in. So now I've joined the Marine Corps two times. <laughs> it sounds like you probably could have passed the physical with one leg. Well, you could, you were in great shape. You could pass the physical back then because Vietnam was really anybody could pass yeah. the physical, right? So they unless wanted, you were a woman, maybe no women. Yeah, back then, right? Back then, right. So you finish up school. So I finish up. Well, my, what did your dad say when you, when he found out that I joined the Marine Corps again? Yeah. Shook his head. My dad was very disciplined and controlling of me when through high school. When I left high school, that was the end of it. And I remember asking him several times, you know, Dad, I need your advice. What do you think? And his answer was to me always, what do you think? Mm. And he went from total control to total support of what do you think? I think this. Then I think... That's what you should do, except when it came to the Marine Corps. <laughs> that was the only thing, huh? He just shook his head. Okay. So then I and your mom started crying. Pretty much. Yeah. So, but the story is, is that so I go into my senior season playing, and in the Iowa game, I intercepted a pass, and I ran it back, and I hurt my knee again. Mm. So my season of football is over now. Congratulations on the interception. Congratulations, thank you. <laughs> And uh, and then I... That must be the greatest thing in the fucking world on top of the greatest thing. The interception is you get the date and the touchdown is you stay the night with her. I mean, that's fucking <laughs> awesome. Notre Dame didn't have girls. They didn't? No. Oh, no way. Really? No. I went to the all-men's school. Oh, I shit. No wonder that. you were fucking nuts. <laughs> so you caught... you that That is great, right? Intercepting right. a ball and running right. in the end zone? Right. It's like... Well, I never ran it in the end zone. I got I intercepted the ball and ran it back and got injured before I could get to the end zone. Okay, okay. Yeah. So Okay, so 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 you're injured and I'm you're... injured, get operated on the next day. 
and uh, my career in football is over with. My senior, and what do I get? Another honorable discharge. <laughs> Another honorable discharge with a 4F qualification again. So my coach, my defensive coach, was a guy by the name of Johnny Ray at Notre Dame. He took a head coaching job at Kentucky, and he asked me if I would come down there and be a strength coach. And this is before anybody was strength coaches. And so um, and we got down there. I got my master's in exercise physiology, and I'm a big, strong guy. And one day I walk over to the student union, and who's over at the student union? The recruiter. No shit. <laughs> And I tell him my story. I said, yeah, I got two honorable discharge, dude. I've got 10 years in the Marine Corps right now, brother. <laughs> and uh, he says, well, you look like you're in pretty good shape. Why don't you see if you could pass the physical again? What no. year is this? This Wait. is in 69, 70. And I said, I've got a 4F. He says, well, what are you doing now? I said, I'm coaching over here at Kentucky. He says, well, we'll make you the coach at, at uh, the Quantico Marines. All these guys are coming back, and we're having a, we actually have a, a team that plays against colleges. I said, no way. You can do that? He says, yeah, but you have to go through OCS, and you got to do all this other stuff. And I said, okay, let's see if I can pass the physical. And I passed the physical. So I have to go to OCS. What, and what does that stand for? O, uh, Officer Candidate School. Okay. Out in Quantico, Virginia. I have okay. to go to OCS, and then I have to go to the basic school. Basic school is TBS. And it's where you learn how to become a Marine officer. And so one of the days there, I'm, I do very well in my classes. I'm very fit, very healthy. So you quit your job. Yeah. So, yeah, we left. Do you have, no, do you have a wife at this time? No. Okay. You're a single man right. on top of the world, right. living the good life, right. making money, right. go off to the Marines. Okay. So I'm in the Marine Corps and I go to the basic school. And I'm going to be the next head football coach at the Quantico Marines. Wow. And that's, that's what's happening. So I go to the basic school, and uh, I go through all my stuff, and they say, what's your job? What kind of job do you want? I said, well, hell, I'm a grunt, man. I'm, I'm an 03, an 0302, so that's an infantry officer. And um, uh, okay. So we graduate from the basic school. We get our orders. And you're an officer because you went to Notre Dame for four years, right? Yes. That, uh, okay. All right. And I go get my orders, and my orders say Camp Pendleton, California. <laughs> Had you ever been to California? No. Well, when we played SC in, mm. in football, you know, I mean, I came out for that. And one summer I came out and worked in, at SC. At, when you guys came to SC in college, how did you guys get there? Plane. Uh, prop, prop planes. It's a good question. No, I think they had jets then. They I did? I think I had a jet. Okay. Yeah. This, is, this would have been 66. And yeah. you remember some defunct airline, like you flew on Pan Am or something. TWA. I TWA, believe. right. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I came and get the orders, and they said, uh, oh, geez, didn't we tell you? Tell me what. says, well, they dropped that program. Oh. So I ended up driving out to Camp Pendleton, and, um, you know. And just strength coach there, but with no football team. There was no – I wasn't a strength <laughs> coach. I – so I was, what they do in the Marine Corps is they, they see all the incoming second lieutenants. And I'm, a, I'm cannon fodder. I'm a second lieutenant, but I'm an older second lieutenant now, right? It's almost like a Mustanger because I'm older. I'm 22 or 23, and most second lieutenants are 21, 20, 21. Okay. So I'm even 24 maybe, somewhere okay. around in there. And, uh, cannon fodder. Ouch. Right. Yeah, that's what we were basically. <laughs> and so they, they, they bring me in and – 
the the commands, the task organizations find out how many officers they need. So each organization, like 3rd Battalion, 1st Marines, needs five second lieutenants to be platoon commanders. Right. So I go in and I get my orders to 1st Recon, 1st Reconnaissance Company is what it is. And uh, this is the special operators for, it's every Marine's dream is to be in recon, some type of a recon. And I get my orders to recon. And I'm going, you got to be shitting me. That's probably because I'm an older guy, right? So I go in and my CO says to me, he says, I'm, you're wondering why you're here, Lieutenant? Yes, sir. And he says, his name was Major Jim Williams. I'll never forget him. And he was a Notre Dame fan. <laughs> and he remembered me from Notre Dame and he saw track. my name on the <laughs> TO and he requested me even though I was a second lieutenant in a first lieutenant's billet <laughs> he requested me to be in his in his company you're 24 years old at this time in your life do you know, which is 50 years ago 47 years ago from today are you are you aware of the movements of the clean and jerk the snatch. Oh yeah. At this, you, you're already. Oh yeah, doing I that. did those all at Notre Dame. I competed in weightlifting at Notre Dame in the off season. And it was Coach Lang that Father taught Lang. that taught you those movements. Yeah, but back then you had the clean and press, snatch, right. clean and jerk, clean and press. And there was some rule that your hip couldn't close or well, something. Well, there's an you... Olympic press. It, it's not a military press. It was an Olympic press. Okay. Which meant you could create momentum on the barbell without the knees bending. Okay, and they don't have that anymore. No, no, they, you know, they they took away, they did away with it. Are you glad they did away with it? Well, that was my best lift, but oh. I, <laughs> <laughs> I understand why. Okay, you know, well, they could have got rid of the jerk. No, nah, you win with the clean and jerk. Yeah. Okay, more, more power. Yeah. What were what were your numbers? What were you putting up? I I I clean pressed Olympic press four hundred. And I, you know, I clean. I snatched uh, three hundred eight, one forty. You know, wow. And I clean and jerked four hundred. Wow! <laughs> clean press, clean jerk, the same, same way. Exactly the same. Hey, we're really good at that. Now, I remember I had a bad knee now too, so I had to switch over from a squat snatch or squat clean squat snatch to a split snatch. And are you tra split when you do this traveling? And you're, are, are you traveling with your own bars? Is it easy to find bars? Is it easy to back in the this? day? Yeah, no, it was no. hard to find bars. But there, in the in the pocket of the Midwest, the Midwest was very strong in weightlifting at the time. So in Cincinnati, on down to Louisville, we had meets regularly. Uh, and then the national championships were typically always held either at the uh, the Duncan YMCA, which was in Chicago, or York Barbell Club in uh, Pennsylvania, or the uh, uh, what did Old Man Heist run? The LA YMCA in LA. When you traveled to Camp Pendleton in in whatever year that what year was that? That would have been 1970. Did you travel with a, a barbell in your car? No. What kind of car did you have? Volkswagen. Oh, hmm. bug about ho. Oh. And did, and 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 you just in the high what highway did you take? Sixty six. Yeah. Wow. Regular gasoline. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, not not a twelve volt battery like a six volt. Headlights oh. that barely headlights that barely worked at night. Yeah, it was a ten box. Yeah. yeah. My dad had one of those. Yeah. So you do your four years in the Marine Corps? I do. I yes, I do my years in the Marine Corps and with this company and. Uh, Married, or ended up meeting a California girl whose dad was a uh, Navy doctor who was on the sanctuary, USS Sanctuary, which is a hospital ship off Vietnam in 68. And he and I used to play racquetball together. And at this time, I was 
I was doing some weightlifting, but not much. You married your racquetball partner's daughter? Yeah, he fixed me up with her. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's cool. I never heard of that before. Yeah. That's really cool. So Thank you were so you're a dignified gentleman who presents well enough, obviously, that someone would set you up with his daughter. I mean, no. that's pretty hardcore. That means you're presenting well. I was not dignified and I don't You must have been dignified. Well. You must have showed earning potential. <laughs> right. But he got me my first teaching job. I mean, I, I'm not setting my I mean, I don't have any daughters, but if I had a daughter, I'm not setting them up with anyone unless they can take care of her. I mean, well, as superficial I, as that sounds. I think the, the the straw that broke the camel's back is when he was a he was a captain, which is an 06, and I was a captain, which is an 03 in the Marine Corps. Much difference in rank, right? And we played racquetball together, and when we were on the court, there was no rank structure. So everybody else that he ever played with would would go out of the way not to hit him right. in racquetball. Uh -huh. And so he would kind of come over to this side, and I was a very good racquetball player. And every time he got in my way, I just smacked the shit out of him. <laughs> and so he really liked that. And he said to me, he said, I told him, I says, sir, you better get your ass out of my way because I am, you're taking away my lane and I'm going to go down that lane. And he says, well, captain, you got to do what you got to do. And I got to do what I got to do. Did he ever hit you? He couldn't hit it hard enough to hurt me. But and did he ever hit you on purpose after you hit oh, him? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, I, I, I couldn't feel it. I had three good friends that I used to play racquetball with and it, um, uh, the, 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 the friendships weren't damaged, but, um, all three of them ended in, in racquetball, like not the friendships didn't end in racquetball courts, but it became a point where there was just too much tension. Oh, yeah. There was too much back and forth hitting each other. My <laughs> great buddy, Greg Shields in college, we used to play racquetball all the time and there was just so much, and I don't ever remember hitting him on purpose. But it became a point where you get hit, and all of a sudden you're like, "Well, I don't care if I hit you anymore." Well, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to avoid hitting you anymore. Hit, yeah. Deserve to be hit because yeah. they're taking away a lane. Yeah, and that's what he does. And the point that I'm trying to make is, is that he liked me because I didn't put up with any of his. Yeah. What everybody else put up, uh, you know, with I respected him if, for who he was and what he did, but. In the court, there was no rank. Right. It was athlete against athlete, and we were. I was going to win. It see? never caused. It was always cordial afterwards, and always. Man, but did, I, you, did you ever have any racquetball um, relationships that went sideways because you hit someone? No. Wow. No. You just can't take it that personally. No. Oh, dude, that shit hurts. No. <laughs> that shit'll wake you up. Well, the the key is to <laughs> your learn, back's all sweaty and to learn not to show the pain. Just take it and be like, good hit. No, I, 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 no, I'd get hit and I'd say, did you hit me? That's a mind fuck. You marry his daughter because right. he fucking hit you. You're like, I'll teach you. <laughs> you um, are, uh, you're jobless because you're out of the, you get out of the I get out of the Marine Marines. Corps, but I didn't get out of the Marine Corps until I had a job. Okay. I always tell my kids, you never quit a job until you get a job. Okay. So I had a job offered to me at Fallbrook High School. So I went on, I went, got oh, yeah. out of the Marine Corps. And you were there forever. I was there for four years at Fallbrook High School. Oh. And then one year I wanted to become a head football coach. So I moved back to, I moved back home. And you took your wife with you? I took my wife with me. Back to Illinois? Back to, it's actually Southeast Missouri, a little town okay. called Perryville, Missouri. To us Californians, it's all the same. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh -huh. And then we lasted one year because she couldn't handle it. The snow? <laughs> she the bugs? She couldn't handle the people. 
They, uh, okay. The, the, my football team was such that they wanted to know why she wasn't home cooking my breakfast, supper, and dinner, and why she was there working as a PE teacher at Perryville High School. And so she didn't, she's, she's. So you married a woman who is very physically active. Very. Okay. She's eight years younger than I am, but she's very physical. How, how old were you? on a racquetball court. How old were you when you married her? 30. And she, oh, she was 22. Right. Yes. Like that's significant. Right. To me, that's more significant than you and, um, well, what's this guy's name on the left? Vanyo. Vanyo. Like that's 13 years. That seems closer to me now. I mean, 22, she was a kid. Right. Did you ever think that? Ah, maybe she's too young? No. No. Okay. But I was never going to get married. You weren't? No. But then this one was a uh, racquetball player. She liked to camp. She, we rode our bicycles one summer after my first teaching job. We rode our bicycles from California to Illinois. Huh. I mean, 10 speeds. And uh, Did you say California to Illinois? Illinois, yeah. And so we trained for it. I trained for it. She you took didn't. cell phones? I didn't have cell phones. <laughs> I had to get off on, on, on the trip. I was in the, the uh, Navajo Indian Reservation in Tuba City, Arizona, and I had I've to City. call for a reservation on a, on a, on a payphone. I don't know what they call those things now. Payphone. Uh, payphone. Rotary? Yeah, it was, it was a rotary phone. I had to do a phone. You put a dime in. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it was a, maybe a quarter. I don't know. No, it was a dime. I re yeah. Even I remember when it was a dime. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember a dime. My, Matt, how old are you? How old are you? 32. Oh, shit. 32. Jesus. Two. Yeah, two. You come back from Missouri and you get the job back at Fallbrook High? I do, don't. I don't get the, there's no openings for me. Okay. She got a job immediately. Does that mean you weren't a very good teacher? I mean, you're somewhere four years, you leave and you come back and you I actually get the job? went back to, I got a job in Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay. And then I went back to help this guy coaching at Carlsbad High School. Okay. And a Which job is California, for this people is, who don't know. Exactly. And uh, a job opened up at Sullivan Middle School. And I told my wife, because we, we had a house in California, I said, I don't know, man. I, don't, I think we ought to really seriously think about coming back to California. So this job opened up at Sullivan Middle School, and the, I knew the principal that was hiring. So I went to him and said, I'm looking for a job. And uh, he says, well, I don't think you'd like middle school. So why don't... Uh, why don't we hire Leslie, my wife? So Leslie was actually out in uh, um, in um, out in Colorado, and uh, I call her up and says, "You better get your ass on a plane, get down here and interview for this job." So you were going to take the job, but they passed you up for your wife. Passed me up for my wife, and then I got a job wow. at Carlsbad High School. And and you were there for how many years? I was at Carlsbad for one year, and then they brought in a new superintendent. And he got rid of all the temporary and probationary employees. They had a big budget cut. And, and do you have kids at this point? No. Okay. Okay. No. And then I go over to Vista High School, and that's where I ended up, Vista School District. I ended up going, staying there for, what, from 81 to 86, and then 86 went to Rancho Buena Vista, and from Rancho Buena Vista until 2008, I was there. And that's when your paths crossed with? CrossFit, Coach Greg, Glassman. Greg Glassman. 2005 or something like that. And you have four kids. I do now, yeah. And you're, it's 2008. You have four kids. You have a wife. You've been at the same job for, you said since 96, for 12 86. years? 86. 86. I've been okay. teaching, but I was at, at Rancho from 1986 to 2008. Okay, so that's 14 plus 8. That's 22 years. Right. 
And how does Greg get your phone number? How do you show up on Greg's radar? <clears throat> it's great, great story. There's, there's a guy, I was doing USA weightlifting courses. And so, um, how did you pop up on USA weightlifting's radar? I, I was involved in Olympic weightlifting and I was on the board of directors and, um, so during this whole time, I'm coaching weightlifting. There's a thread of you coaching weightlifting. Right. Okay. Right. And you're still doing the lifts yourself and oh, staying yeah. in shape. I'm, and I'm actually competing as a 50 year old, you know, and, and doing all kinds of stuff. And we have a team, team Southern California, which three other school teachers and I put together, uh, we were all from different districts and so, but we brought our team together. I ran a high school clean and jerk contest and we, I was a junior world team coach and the senior world team coach at one time. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, I was, I was heavily involved in weightlifting. So I raised money for my team by doing these courses for USA weightlifting. Mm. So Glassman called USA weightlifting and USA Weightlifting put him in char in contact with a guy by the name of Mike Conroy from Boise, Idaho, Meridian, Idaho. And uh, Mike said, well, you're in California. You should contact Bergner. And, and he was a, a colleague of yours, yes. basically like doing the same thing you were doing right. but in, what did you say, Iowa? In Idaho. Idaho, okay. So and he was, he was basically in charge of you know, the curriculum and, and the stuff with USA Weightlifting and scheduling of the courses and stuff like that. But, you know, when coach called him and he told him to call me, coach called me up and I said, he asked if he could, if I could put on a course strictly for him and his athletes. And I said, sure, bring him on down. So he did. He brought 20, 25 athletes down and we did a um, USA weightlifting club coach for him. At the high school? At my high school. And what year was this? Oh, shit. This would have been 2004 or five. So wow. he, he brought 20 people from Santa Cruz, California. Greg Amerson. Five, oh, wow. 500 California. miles south of him. Right. With his dogs. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, world famous Nicole dogs now. Nicole Carroll. Wow, okay. She was there. Um, in fact, the, I mean, Nicole and I are the only ones still that are- From that era. From that era are still around. So you do that course. He leaves. He leaves, and we. Josh Everett was there with me. Okay. And uh, oh, he didn't come down with Greg. He was your guy. Josh Everett's origins are with you, yes. not with CrossFit. Oh, no, I didn't know I that. Never knew that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Josh Everett okay. and Stefan Roche. Wow, Stefan must have been a, a baby. Yeah, those guys all were at UCLA at one time. But I always, I always would bring him down to help me with the club coaches courses, yeah. and I'd coach him. Josh was a, a, a national caliber athlete. And weightlifting, so I'd coach him. And were, were they always as cool as they are now? Yes. Yeah, Josh and Stefan. Josh, okay. they're both like sons to me. Yeah, they're amazing guys. Steph, Stefan's back at UCLA now, right? Yes. So Greg leaves, and how long before he contacts you again? Right away, because in our in our competition that lunch, I mean, Amazon and I think they do Helen or something like that. Grace, or Fran or Grace. Grace wasn't Grace? Yep. Was it? It, was, it wasn't. Wasn't? It, no, it was where you do. Uh, kettlebells and pull-ups oh okay hell all right Helen. Helen. and um um they go head to head and it's like oh my god josh beats him wow beats greg and he's untrained and greg's coaching amazon right right and so they leave and then we start this communication back and forth and i'm telling josh they end up doing well stefan did it in or, or Greg did it in such and such. 
So I'd call up Josh and I said, well, he did this and such and such. Give me an hour. <laughs> and this went on for about two or three weeks. And we talked about, you know, doing courses and stuff and, you know, whatever. Brainstorming we, ideas. Brainstorming we ideas. About, yeah. And he told me about CrossFit and I'm going, yeah, that's awesome. And he calls me up one day and he says, you're not going to believe this. I got a gig. And the gig is out in Boulder, Colorado, I think it is. And uh, was it at the um, their police academy? Their patrol there, yep, right. yep. He says that got this guy's going to pay me eight thousand dollars to come up and teach these guys CrossFit. And uh, I said, great. He says, well, I want you to come with me and do your weightlifting thing. I said, okay. <clears throat> so he flew me up there. I had I had my son who was a, and it the, was never formal. This is just two guys. It was it was one love for it was, movement. And... It was it. I mean, he was a stud. I mean, coach was frick. Mm. It was just unbelievable. And he took me out there, and there was Grady Mack and Eddie Lugo, all uh-huh. Navy SEALs, and a bunch of guys. There was, I mean, I, I can't even remember most of them, but they were all fire breathers, you know. And we were the teachers. Uh, Eddie Lugo is an amazing guy amazing, too, right? What a gentleman! Guy. Yep. And yep. so, I mean, Grady Max, I mean, he's unbelievable. But, I don't know him, or else I'd say yeah. something nice about him too. But <laughs> you, you take a look at at that situation, and I'll never forget. Uh, Coach may not even remember this, but I could, I went in there, and, and this guy had fifty of uh, fire breathers, police officers, firefighters, first responders. Navy uh, SEALs, Marine Force Recon, Army Green Beret, Rangers, all these guys signed up for the course, and he charged them 500 bucks each. That's 25,000 bucks. Coach got 8,000. <coughs> and expenses. Right. And I saw the look on his face, and it was like, this ain't never happening again. <laughs> so I, after it's all over with, we had a great time. We flew back. How much did you get? Nothing. Just did it. On I never, the- I never charged anybody anything. You know, he paid my way, and that's all I cared about. And uh, coaches always treated me right. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So a week later, he calls me up and he says, "We're going to start doing CrossFit courses up in Santa Cruz once a month, just like we did out in Colorado. We're going to charge a thousand bucks, and we're going to have sixty people be the the max. And we want you to be with us." And I said, Roger that, you know. And that was it. That was it. Did you ride your motorcycle up? Yep. Every week, every month. He says, well, how much are you going to charge me? I said, coach, I don't know. I said, I don't charge anybody anything. Uh-huh. He says, okay, I'll take care of you. So I went up there, did my three-day, my three-hour course, stayed for the three days. He walks over to me, hands me an envelope, stick it in my pocket. You know, I forget about it. I go home at night. Open it up, and there's $15, $100 bills. <coughs> I about crap my britches. <laughs> I'd never made that kind of money in my whole life. And every month, that's exactly what happened. So you'd ride your motorcycle up there. It was a three-day class. Three hours of it were yours. What, did you have the fr- Friday, Saturday, or Sunday? I can't even remember. Okay. I don't... And from there... So the next year, there became a demand for a two-day course. After after one year, he says we're gonna we're gonna go a different direction, and we're gonna go down to a two-day course. And I'm going, that's great, coach. I'm gonna have six hours or something. I get more time or less time or whatever. He says no, you're not gonna be part of the program. 
And I'm going, whoa, okay. I said, well, you know what? Thank you. I appreciate everything you've done for me so far, you know. And it's, she says, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You know, you're going to be part of. We're going to we're going to have you do your own certification seminar. We're going to run it. We're going to we're going to advertise it. We're going to collect all the funds. We're going to pay you, and we're going to take thirty seventy. You're going to get seventy. We're going to take thirty. I said, no one's going to want to sign up for this shit. I mean, you know, we had USA weightlifting, but it wasn't real popular that people were going to do this. Right. You've been doing it now for 30 years and it hasn't caught fire. Why now? caught fire, you know? So he says, no, I think you're going to be wrong. So the first first course that I did, um, I did five the first year. This was going to be, this was in 2007. Okay. So I did five courses. And there's no other SMEs at this time, right? No, You're the only subject matter expert. I think there might have been a gymnastics. Subject, okay, but I think I was the only one. Okay, basically, they all sold out. I did five courses. Every wow. one of them sold out with sixty people, and I had sixty people because that's how many kids I've let in my classes to take weightlifting. And where did you do these? What at state? My school. Oh, all of them oh, in your hometown. People gig. came to you. Three hundred and sixty people came. Fantastic. And look, there's Dave Lee's on the right. Yeah. And uh and God, that video looks like it's from the sixties. Yeah, it's across that's, the that's Sankers. A long time ago. And to this day you're still doing them. Yeah. The courses are still going on. Right. See, our courses are geared toward taking that level one CrossFit coach who knows nothing about Olympic style weightlifting <clears throat> and taking him and teaching him how to teach you who know nothing about weightlifting, but I'm going to bring you off the street or a soccer mom that's 40 years old that all of a sudden is on drank the Kool-Aid of CrossFit because, mm. you know, her best friend lost 30 pounds. Mm. That's who we deal with. And that's who I want to deal with. I don't want to pay somebody. I mean, I would pay somebody a hundred dollars to watch them snatch and clean and jerk and didn't do the splits. I mean, I can, I'll do that because it's a, it's an art, but my course USA Weightlifting, the SME course for CrossFit, is geared towards teaching teachers and coaches how to teach their clients safe, efficiently, and effectively. Are you a man who's always lived within your means? Yes. You're good with money? Yeah, I am. I never see you do any, I I never see, like I've been to your house, you've been at the same house for how many years? Since 85. Wow, okay. It's paid off. Yeah, that must be nice. Every, all the money I made in CrossFit, I put towards the house so it'd be paid off. You've been married... 41 years. What advice do you have for me? Two words. Yes, sir. Yes, dear. <laughs> That's what you have to do. All kidding aside. All kidding aside. Yes, dear. If your wife ain't happy, guess what, dude? You're not happy. You're not going to be happy. That's very, very true. Yes. Do, do, do you wear the pants in the... In the, in the just, house? Yeah. Hell no. Yeah. No. I wear the pants in the gym. Okay. The wife... I call, there's a reason why I call her Boss Hoss. She is the love of my life. Mm-hmm. I love her dearly. Uh, we've been married 41 years, produced four kids. She has made my house a home. So she, mm. like, like, let me give you an example, real world example. They're your mattress. She's like, you know, Mike, she calls you Mike? No. What does she call you? Honey. Honey, uh, honey, I don't like this mattress anymore. And you're like, we, it was 2500 bucks, babe. We bought it six months ago. I know, but I don't like it. It's My back hurts. You want to know how the How's finances it? are held in my house? Yeah. Okay, I'm 71, right? Uh-huh. So I've been retired now since 2008. Uh-huh. I have a retirement check. Uh-huh. My wife has a retirement check. 
You know how much my retirement check is? How much? I have no idea. Oh, awesome. <laughs> you know where it goes? You, uh, no. To her. Okay. So she takes care of everything. She takes care of everything. She's got all the money. I don't give a shit about the money. If I want money, I have to go earn it. So it's not that she, you're good with money. She's great with she's money. She's great. Well, okay. I don't know if she's great or not. She spends all of it, I guess. But I don't know. I don't care. I don't. Money for us is something that is there. And if we have it, great. If we don't, we ate freaking top Raymond for a long time. Right. I but, think it's ramen. Uh, Maybe it was Raymond from yeah, where you're from. Yeah, well, I'm Southern <laughs> Illinois. But I'm telling you, I mean, my thing has always been if I want to earn money, I have a business. It's called Mike's, you know, CrossFit Mike's Gym. That's my business. And I do my courses. I pay myself, you know, a thousand bucks a month. A thousand bucks a month is more money than I'll ever need to spend on myself. So I have a savings account. And if she comes to me and she says, honey, I need to borrow some money out of your account. I simply say no. <laughs> no. And just like if I came to her and said, Darling, I need, she would probably say, go earn it. Um, my mom uh, was a divorce attorney for 40 years or something. She says, oh, I can't remember the exact number, but it was a huge percentage, way more than half of marriages end that she would deal with because of tension around financial yeah, issues. Fin final, final thought here um, before we let you go. And we definitely, you definitely have to come back because there's more to talk about. In the last two years, three years, you've leaned up. Are you crossfitting more? Did you change your diet? Did you, uh, was it the pull-up? It's, there's a, there's a combination of things, but it, I think it's. You it's, look healthy. You look like the healthiest you've looked. Yeah. Does something set in? You're like, hey, I'm not carrying this weight around anymore. It's yeah. bullshit. Not it's, that you were ever fat at all. No, no, I know. I understand. No, I, it was just one of those things where, you know what? I'm 71. I want to be able, I don't want my joints to hurt and I want to lean up. And so I started, uh going on a, an exploration of what would work or didn't work for me. And I tried it all, basically. I tried the zone and it worked well. I tried keto and it worked well. I tried intermittent fasting and it worked well. And now I try, I'm counting macros now and I weigh and measure some of the time. You know, I'm not, do I drink a beer if I want to? Hell yes. I like tequila. I like bourbon. So I, I mean, I'm not gonna abuse them. I, I drink them neat. I'm not gonna poo-foo it around. So I try to enjoy my life and, uh, you know, and try to give back for, to everybody that's been, you know, good to me and giving me all the things. And so. are, are, you ha are you, are you, do you wish you would have started that sooner? Are you, you know, like leaning out or? No, I think everybody, ha everything happens for a reason. Yeah. I think it just happens. I think I, I think I looked at one of a, the family portraits and I really looked large. Uh, I was very, very strong. But, uh, you know, I think I feel better at, you know, looking like this than I did before. Yeah. So I'm, I'm much more healthy. At, at 208 pounds, I did. That's uh, what you were? I was 208. And I. This is like five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think four, three or four years ago. Okay. I did uh, 228 pull-ups in an hour. Okay. So that's not bad. It is, yeah. But weighing 175 here, I'm about, right now I range between 175 and 179. I always want to try to stay under 180, and I did, um, you know, I did 355 pull-ups. Wow! So, but I trained my ass off for it. Just like this guy right here, Adrian is Leon is getting ready to the long-haired ginger, the long-haired guy is getting ready to set the. Oh. Uh, there he is. 
He's getting ready. These are strong. Yeah. <laughs> Look at his arms. Yeah. And this guy is... Uh, Juice. No. Oh. Oh, no. He's oh. he's getting ready to set the uh, 70-year-old national record. This guy's lost about 40 or 50 pounds. Incredible. Oh, excellent. Um, you know, I mean, this... Oh, this guy here is a big success story. He came in weighing 320, and right now he's down to 253. More wow. than losing 40 pounds or 80 pounds, you're saving their lives. Right. And that, that's the whole thing. What record is that guy going to set? You were going to set the national deadlift record. Not him, the, the, the long-haired The geezer, guy. yeah. That yeah. Guy and what is, what, what is it for his age group? 370, and he's already done that. He's got to come up at uh, in January. He's going to lift at a contest in Camp Pendleton, and he'll do... At what weight? He's 94 kilos, so he'll be 94 kilo pass. Wow. This guy used to be a coach at LSU. He's, on, but he's the one that named it Miracle on the Hill. Mm. And that's what it's really known for. This this guy's probably the strongest pound for pound guy, Doug Ito. Terry McFadden's a great story. He's We're looking at a video that was produced. This is Jordan produced this, right? Yeah, right. Uh, by Jordan Gravat. That's in the CrossFit Journal. It's a great video. The title Mission on the Hill. Mission, uh, Mission Miracle on the Hill, right? Miracle, yeah. Miracle on the Hill. Mike. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I yeah, really thank you. It. I hope it was easy, slightly uncomfortable. Never. And uh, arousing. <laughs> yeah, I am. I got a hard on right Okay, now. nice. <laughs> I was wondering what that was. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, thank you, sir. You guys were awesome. I felt very comfortable. Good. That was fun. It really was fun. I, I think I've never said this to anyone. You're the best guest we've had. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna we're, 25, we're 25 episodes in, two a week. Yeah, that show was, is hugely popular. You're the best guest we've had. Thank you. I tell you what, and I, I was gonna say this before you said that, is that your manner. I knew you were always good. I knew that about you, but this podcast was so amazing. You're right on it. You know what the shit. Your mind just works in a different way. <laughs> my mind, my mind didn't work at all. You're 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 mm. a storytelling. Well, no, you, you guys, shit. you guys did a good job working off of each other. Like, 